The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace. I am super excited to have you join us today while we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, I always say, can you even imagine such a thing? But I got to tell you that I have the privilege of talking to lots of people on a daily basis. And just today alone, standing and holding hands with someone and praying and helping them get through a tough time today and talking to another person who experienced a panic attack today, there's a lot of things coming at us individually, collectively, that seek to disturb what we may call peace. But I really want you to listen to this definition that I use when I talk about peace. Peace is wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. It's a full picture, a full journey. And we know that in that journey, when we just look at the cycle of life, we just look at the cycle of nature, right? Some days there's gonna be rain, there has to be if we want flowers and we want green grass and you know we don't we, we need rain right and some days there's going to be sunshine and and neither day neither day is better or worse than the other really when we talk about wholeness and i get it i know i've been there too i'm just as human as anyone who's listening there are days in my life i wish i could forget that ever happened honestly. But all of this makes this journey called Drayvon James's journey, her unique and special journey. So when I talk about having a life of everyday peace, I'm not suggesting that we're going to get rid of pieces. We're going to learn how to use everything. I mean, absolutely everything that shows up in this journey called life. We're going to use it all to build and pave the way to create our next level of greatness, the life of our dreams. And so, I yes, I want you to imagine a life of peace every day because I am here to tell you that yes, absolutely it is possible. Yes, you deserve it and yes, you can have it. And yes, today, like every other day on the Everyday Peace Show with Dr. Drayvon James, we work to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today is no different. We have a fabulous guest with us today, um, Miss Vernon Bird Coulon. I hope I said that last name right. It sounds French and it sounds romantic to me. And every time I say it, I get afraid I'm saying it wrong. Vernon um, <laughs> Bird Coulon. She is the founder and president of the Center for Holistic Therapies. She's a licensed clinical social worker, an author, a clinician, 
integrationist and spiritual teacher. In 1999, her first book, Parents Fight Back, was endorsed by the National Clearinghouse for Alcohol and Drug Information as a national resource for teachers. Her second book, The Emotional Price of ADHD, continues to bring awareness to the different levels of trauma and effective solutions for addressing this family dis-ease. Ms. Kulon holds a master's degree in African studies and a master's of social work degree from Howard University in Washington, DC. She has more than 20 years experience counseling, teaching, and offering spiritual guidance to individuals and organizations. She serves as an advisory member of the Howard University Graduate School Committee for Field Instructors. And as I mentioned, is the founder and president of the Center of Holistic Therapies in Silver Spring, Maryland. Today, we are discussing her latest book, Change Your Life, which offers over 200 powerful reflections that address the things that affect our lives on a daily basis. In today's atmosphere, a strain confronting us at every turn, change your life, will help you identify who you are, your story, as your testament to your strength, endurance, and potential. It is a companion guide to affirm your journey and give you direction to realize your potential and to achieve what we all want, joy, peace, and happiness. Ms. Vernon Kulon, welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Javon James. I'm supercharged to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am so I'm supercharged to be here as well. Your, your yes, show, the title, everything is infectious. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Now I gotta tell you, we're gonna start off. We're gonna talk about a lot of things, but I am blessed to have your book. I've, I've given it as gifts for people. It's in, it's a day, it's a companion in my tote bag um, every day, every day. I read something from this book a few pages every day. It's one of those books that when you open it up wherever I believe wherever it opens up for me, and I've dogged ear some pages that really speak to me. But wherever it opens up to me, I know that that's the thing that I need to read for that for that day. You are you write like a poet almost. It's just um, I, I love literature and I love Shakespeare and I so the the, the way that you write really. Um, speaks to me, but the content as well is so affirming. So before we get started in, to, in my usual uh, going down who you are, what uh, you came to be, I want to in the very beginning, in the very beginning of our show today, uh, just to bless our listeners, if, if you have a favorite information from this beautiful book that she shares. Wow, that's uh, a favorite. Well, Okay, I, I, so many are my favorites, um, but I was listening to you and, and what you were saying about uh, everyday peace, and I turned to one, reflection number 75, gifts of the spirit. Now, before mm -hmm. I read from that one, I will say that I divided uh, the, this into uh, 10 different sections, and this particular section uh, is under the uh, heading of defining yourself. So, you know, defining yourself is, you know, something that I think we sometimes go through our lives trying to define ourselves, you know, because other people have always defined us from birth. And part yes. of our growth is 
understanding that uh, we have we can claim our own birthright, our own divine birthright, you know, yes. and we've also been taught some some things about ourselves from other people, you know, inadvertently because, you know, people who we have been exposed to, you know, they're not perfect. So we learn things from other people that define us in a, in a negative way or limit us. So one of the, uh, the, one of the reflections that I turn to today, uh, reflection number 75 gifts of the spirit. Uh, should I read it? Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. There are four parts of self, mind, heart, body, spirit. Acknowledging spirit is not a belief system. It's like acknowledging air. If you don't believe in air, it's still a necessity of life. There is no life without spirit. Our spirit is integral to all that we project as humans, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. How you choose to acknowledge spirit in your life, that's up to you. Spirituality is the performance of rituals conducted to acknowledge, celebrate, and incorporate spirit into our lives. Since everything is spiritual, your evolutionary spirit journey will dictate how you do this. Some enjoy and are fed through organized religion, organized religious worship. Others may cultivate rituals through their love of nature, music, or other disciplines. Learning to tap the gifts of spirit are essential to your complete healing as learn as is as essential to your complete healing as learning how to cultivate healthy thoughts, uh, healthy emotions, and a healthy body. So mind, heart, body, and spirit. When these resources are depleted, understanding and accepting the con- continuity of spirit, your connection to a power infinitely greater than yourself, I'm telling you, that's the game changer. And oh. that's, that's the reflection. Yes, yes. And, you know, as you're reading, I, I, I actually have that one marked off in my book as, as well, uh, because, and, and there's so many of them, I, I think right now, and it's hard for me too to pick a favorite one. So you guys who follow me on social media, my intent this morning, and I don't know what happened to my social media, my, my internet this morning before I went to work, was to read one, and I'll, I'll save it as a surprise for tomorrow morning. I'll, I'll attempt again <laughs> to record. <laughs> um, but there is one that speaks to me, and I since I got the book, uh, I've been reading them all, but I, this one spoke to me. I've been reading it all weekend and I've been meditating on it and and doing some journaling on it. And I want to share it with people and I'll do that on social media tomorrow. So you guys, please look for that um, tomorrow. So we're going to jump into this discussion because change your life is, is really speaks to me. You know, I heard a long time ago that we teach that which we most need to learn. I've never forgotten that. And I've taught a lot of things. I'm currently an assistant professor at a university in pharmacy. I teach a lot of stuff. But the thing that I teach with so much passion is about self-awareness and transformation. Mm -hmm. And I go back to the thing, you teach that which you so need to learn. So I I am so connected to understanding that I am connected to a higher source. In, mm-hmm. in 
in that higher source wisdom, he's given Drayvon, just like he's given everybody else, free reign. I, I mean, I got it all here. I can, I can make, I could ch- change my life today. In fact, I was with someone yesterday and I said, you can stop being sad anytime you get ready to. Anytime you get ready to. And I was speaking to myself. We were talking about, I said, so you can, you know, it doesn't mean that the situation can change, but I can accept that I am safe, even in the midst of some very unfortunate events. And so but the, change- but, the, but, but uh, the, the, the thing here is that you uh, understand and realize that you can listen to yourself. I mean, so often we have been conditioned into believing, you know, to not accepting that we can listen to ourselves. So part of changing your life is accepting that we do, we, we to empower ourselves, that we can listen to ourselves, that Absolutely. we are, you know, the ultimate authority. Absolutely. And I wrote this book, uh, you guys hear me talk about all the time, Freedom is Your Birthright, which talks just about that. You won't do anything until you first accept that you are free. Mm-hmm. That you are free. Right? You have to accept this and be, you not just be aware of it. I often say this, people laugh when I say it, I say it so much. Um, there is there is an ocean of difference between belief and knowing. If I were to say to you, do you believe your name is burning or do you know your name is burning? What do you mean? I know my name is Vernon, right? Exactly. So in, exactly. in my mind, believing that you are free to listen to yourself is so far different. It is not at the level of what you need to be. You need to know that you can listen to yourself. And that's an evolution. You don't, I know I didn't get there overnight. So, uh, but we're jumping all the way into the full pot of boiling water. I want to go back to the beginning. And um, mm-hmm. I know we. In the introduction, I said, you know, you were at Howard University, you're doing so many wonderful things. What prompted you um, to go down this course, opening the center, uh, writing? What, what, what led you to put all this on your plate? Hmm. Well, it, it's been an evolution, that's for sure. You know, step by step, one, one um, door has opened and I've uh, gone into a room, and uh, and then that has led to uh, to something else. So it's been step by step. But I suppose for me, I've always felt the need to share. Well, I felt the need to share with others just the basic wisdom uh, that people had taught to me. I mean, and it's just, uh, how can I put this? Um, uh, my mother, you know, I'm from the South, and my mother was just such a wise person and very simplistic, though, in in how she spoke. And I was always struck by just the simplistic ways that she would t- tell us about life itself. And so a lot of that is in my book. And I got involved with, um, you know, serving youth in Washington, D.C. I used to live in D.C., and I remember being uh, told, I, I was working in a youth facility, and I was told that I could do anything that I wanted to do. They said, just be, be creative. And so I said, well, you know what? I think I want to do a parenting program. And everybody laughed. They said, well, why would you do a parenting program? Of course, they had young men out there who were from anywhere from ages 14 to, to 21. No, I, I did. I took that back. My memory is failing me. I asked the I asked the youth what did they want, and they said they wanted a parenting program. 
And uh, I was really surprised. Why would you want a parenting program? But a lot of these youth said that they had actually fathered babies. These are all males. And, uh, and, but they said, we don't want our children to grow up to be the way we have become. And so, but we don't know any better. And that really moved me to realize that, you know, if, if you knew better, you'd do better. Oh, my And so phrase. I think that was, mm-hmm. When you know better, you do better. Yep. If, if, if you knew better, you'd do better. And mm-hmm. so they really wanted to learn. And so that, I think that was one of the earliest things that started me you know, on this road to wanting to just share just simple things that, um, that, that I have learned and that I have been privileged to internalize in a way that, that I'll have to just say God has given it to me in in a way that uh, have been pretty profound. So um, that was my first book, Parents Fight Back. Parents Fight Back. Mm-hmm. Parents Fight Back was uh, teaching right. parents about the awareness of, of children, of young people doing drugs. And so um, that was the first one. And and I wanted to share, you know, the lessons that I've learned uh, ever since. Wow. And, and it has been, I mean, that book was well received as well as your book on ADHD, and we come to this book here. And as you mentioned in the intro, in the very beginning, the book is divided up into uh, different sections. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about change your life, change your life. And I love the title. It, 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 as I mentioned, I am a person who is uh, very much into looking at where you are now, and not you don't absolutely have to know where you want to go because we you know we don't know we evolve and what I thought I wanted at, at 19 I look at my daughter now she's 19 I know that what she'll actually want when she's 25 will look so much different than mm-hmm. what she thought she wanted mm-hmm. at 19 and so that's okay but um, but knowing that right now today in this moment right here this is the only moment that we have you know tomorrow is not ours to go back and change never met a person who can do mm-hmm. that i mean, I mean mm-hmm. yesterday and and tomorrow who knows you know t- tomorrow we have no idea tomorrow remains a mystery so the only power it, that we have is in this present moment so when you talk about change your life well let me ask you because i know what this title means <laughs> means to me what do you what do you mean when you say change your life what does okay mean? what i Right. When I say change your life, it, number one, it's a directive. It's a directive to tell a person, okay, listen, change your life. I mean, if you are not satisfied with where you are in any area, then it's, a, it's giving you dire- a direction. Change it. change it. And so, you know, give yourself permission to change it. Know that you can change it. And I think that sometimes very often we don't realize that we can change it. That's the first thing, realizing that we can change it. And then another thing is that once you realize that you can change it, okay, how do you change it? And so that's the other thing that this book is really about, is helping people to understand that there is a process. Everything is a process. You know, in scripture, you know, I always uh, go back to this one, you know, where we learn uh, in, in, in scripture, okay, love thy neighbor. Well, that's wonderful. 
That is just absolutely fantastic. But then you look over there at your neighbor, it's like, do you truly love the neighbor? I mean, it tells you to do it, but how do you do it? How do you get to that point? You know, and then taking it a step further, you know, people, you know, don't even love themselves. Mm. And that's that's really a hard one. I mean, we want to change our lives, but we have so much self-hatred, so much self-doubt, so much self-unappreciation. And we just kind of code over it. So part of the book, a big piece of the book, is giving people a process to let them know, listen, if you do want to change it, then you've got to choose to change it. And the other thing you've got to do is just to discover the process for changing it. And then, of course, the third thing is to actually go ahead with the process, if that makes any it's, sense. Oh, it makes absolutely good sense. And I love what you said. The first beginning is, you know, we have to realize that we have the power to change it. 30 years of working in healthcare, and I can tell you it, uh, when I used to work in direct patient care, I used to sit and counsel people and they would say, uh, you know, take a patient who had borderline um, hypertension, high blood pressure, and they would say, oh, my mom has high blood pressure, my sister has mm-hmm. high blood pressure, my brother has high blood pressure, my greater, and they go down the line. And so what they were telling me is that, you know, it's inevitable, I'm gonna have a high blood pressure too. And I would say, are you saying to me that you believe that you do not have a choice, that you are powerless? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you have to deal with that, right? Because first we got to believe that you are free, that you have been given some power here, right? Yes. And, and if your answer to that is, uh, I believe I'm powerless. There's nothing I can do. Then you know, as a clinician, I have to then say, okay, well, here are some, here are some, some studies. If you're the kind of person who responds to studies, or here's what I know about hypertension and direct link to lifestyle. And if I were to tell you that you could bring down your blood pressure by so many points just by doing just this change here, are you willing to follow this process? Are you willing to follow this process? And I love what you said, knowing that, you know, here is a process. First, do you know there is a process that leads to change? And then are you are you willing to commit to the process? Because nothing is overnight. Nothing is overnight. You know, not even failure right. takes a process, process to do that too, right? So nothing is overnight. So are you willing to commit to the process? So that is with everything that we do, understanding that there is a process. And no, you won't see immediate results today, right? But if you're willing to commit to the process, are you willing to commit to the process? That's it. That's key. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, when I see people, you know, I really have to really keep repeating that one because even though, you know, you know, they, they, are, they will say that they're willing. I think that they're mentally, you know, they may even get to the place where they think that they're willing, but sometimes we are so conditioned and have in the habit of not doing it, we just, you know, automatically just sort of fall back into that rut. And I don't remember which reflection it is right now, but one of the reflections in the book talks about these rituals and these ruts that we fall into. It's just like, you know, the grooves, you know, in our psyche. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like yes. a, a, a dirt road, you know, if a dirt road, you know, gets enough rain, it'll get muddy. 
and you you go down that dirt road, it'll get ruts in the road, and you know deep ruts. And then when it dries up, the ruts are still there. And yes. even though you don't want to go into that rut, you know the the wheels will automatically just go right back into that same old rut. And mm. so that's what happens with people. You know, yes, you we sometimes you'll know that we have to have the process, but then we have to keep reinforcing that fact within ourselves that we don't have to follow the process that has become a habit, a bad habit that has been created, you know, in the past. We have to create new ruts in the road, you know, to go down. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You've said so much. Now, I want to say, when I read the title of this book, it says, Change Your Life, and maybe I'm part of the microwave generation, but I always, in my mind, when I see this beautiful cover, I see change your life. And then behind it, I hear a little whisper in my brain that says, now. <laughs> right? And I'll tell right. you what the, what, the, what the now part to me is, right? Because changing your life means changing something in your behavior, right? And yes. there's always something I could change in my behavior right now. Right now. Right? Now right is now. the moment that I have. I don't have the moment that just passed. I don't have the moment ahead of me. So if I'm a person who who deals in uh, self-criticism, had that conversation with somebody today, and I showed her this book, and I said, you know, I believe that right now, right now, you can change your life. Because your life is happening right now. Will you agree that this one minute right now. right now is your life? So if right now we take that statement and we reformulate it, you've made a change. And if you were, and then if we you know, we're two together, we'll touch and agree, and we'll we'll keep reinforcing that change through relationship and like you said, that rut in the road, those tired ruts in, in the road. If you and if if you would change something and get someone to run beside you, and that's not always the same person. You you jump on a radio program like this, and that's the person who's running beside you for a few minutes, right? Mm-hmm. You have a conversation. Yes. With, a, with somebody and you can get them to touch and agree about something that you're working on. I mean, maybe not specifically what you're working on, but on a higher level of thinking, a higher level of communicating, a higher level of self-talk. You're there right beside you. So this changing your life happens one second at a time. I think I hear us going to commercial break. It's fate okay. in my fate in my ear. So I believe we'll come right back after this commercial break and we're gonna talk about changing your life right now. Okay, sounds good. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. We are here with guest Vernon Beard Bird Kulon, and we are discussing the book, her book, her latest book, Change Your Life. And just before the break, you were discussing, you know, realizing that you do have the freedom to change your life and that sometimes, you know, 
we forget that our life is in this moment right now. So changing your behavior in this moment right now is equivalent to changing your life. How exciting is that? That someone once told me that you could go on a diet in the middle of a bag of potato chips just by putting that chip back and tossing that bag in the trash. <laughs> and, um, and as a person who had a problem uh, putting down potato chips, I can respect that. <laughs> that. And when she told me that, I was like, oops. <laughs> So I want to right because we've been we've been we've been conditioned that you can't you can't eat just one. Right, exactly. Right. Somebody else told us that, right? That you can't eat just one. But really, it's your hand. It's it's your bag of chips. You do what you want with it, right? No one That's has. That's right. Eaten. That's right. Really, 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 really. I absolutely want to say this to everyone with so much love and respect: is that we really are in control of the next word that comes out of our mouth. Right. But you that, know what? Uh, can I can I interject something here? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, we are in control, but then therein is also the challenge. We have been programmed to believe that we're not in control, and it really takes uh, part of my job um, is to help people to know that they are in control because people have to be told that they have to be taught that. And what I'd like to do is to teach people that they can teach themselves that. Because even though you might just simply say to yourself, oh, yes, I am in control, but because we've been so programmed to, be, to not believe that, you know, we have to constantly reinforce that, constantly reinforce that. And Absolutely. so, you know, I do a lot of work with people and remind them or even reconnect them with the inner child that's uh, inside. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I am. Yes, I am. And, and, yes. I, and I so love that type of work because the inner child sometimes is running the whole show. It's, it's all, it's, yep, running, running the whole show. And, and, and that inner child is running the show because they're trying to get their needs met. Absolutely. And so when when people wonder, you know, why if you know why they love everybody or try to always get that love outside themselves, you know, instead of going inside to get it, you know, they we have to actually retrain ourselves to turn that love and attention inside as well because we do a lot of of uh, self deprecation, you know, self criticism. Uh, you know, we all have those moments when we make a mistake and what do we do? Start telling ourselves how stupid we are and why don't you do that? And just all this negative things, negative self-talk oh, you know, that we do. Yes. We, oh, my goodness. And I love, I'm glad we have a caller on the line, so I'm going to break for just one second. But I do want us to come back to this topic of uh, just learning how to love ourselves. That is so very important. And I want to say that this is what I feel and know is that it is beyond buying yourself the latest pair of shoes or the nicest pocketbook or go on the best vacation. Loving yourself is beyond the superficial. It Absolutely. is the most important earthly thing that you can do. Every love that you think that you're giving to somebody else must first come from the love that you have for yourself. And, and it's usually terrible. the last. Mm -hmm. It is, right. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I'm going to hop onto our caller uh, right here. And let me do this. Let's see here. 
Hi, you're on the line with Bernie. Hi, hi. Hey, hi. how are you? <clears throat> great, great, great show as usual, Dr. James. I had uh, three comments I wanted to make briefly. The first one is I love what your guest said about um, being in control or taking control and saying that oftentimes we may say it, but and she didn't use the words, but I think that what she's saying is but our actions clearly dictate that we're not in control. So we may say that stuff to try to make ourselves think we are, but our actions dictate. The second thing is um, I have to say you two must be kindred souls because, Dr. James, I've heard you talk many times about the inner child and the fact that your guest is talking about it. You two got to be kindred souls, must be related or something because you both say the same thing about inner child. And I think you're so right. I look at my own life and how um, I can go back to, wow, I can see that. That's that's the child in me trying to get control. Mm-hmm. Or I guess like Freud talks about um, what Freud talks about with the id, the ego, and the superego. So, yeah, that was so great. I wanted to say that. And then the third thing, Dr. James, as usual, another great show, another great guest. You just keep on doing this work, and it's just um, – I'm just – this is just an amazing show because you two are so in concert with one another. It's just a beautiful thing. So it's just wonderful, and thank you again. I'm going to get off the, off the phone and just continue to listen. Oh, thank you, and thank you for listening and being a regular listener. It's, a, it's important um, – to me and, and to the station. And I know my goal, as well as the goal of the guests that I bring on here, really is to be that person that's running beside you, even if it's just for an hour, one day mm. per week, who is running beside you, encouraging you, reminding you of that which you already know, that everything mm-hmm. that you're looking for. You came with it inside of you. You are enough in this moment. You can do it. So thank you. I appreciate you. You're you're welcome. Bye-bye. So, yeah, so I I wanted to just for one moment, and I got so much on my mind, just listening to taking notes as you're talking, but this self-love, if there was one What is the first place? A person who may have been on the earth 50, 60, 70, 80 years and been in a place of not even acknowledging themselves, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I wanted to say, when I talk to women a lot, I hear this. They can tell me so much about their children, about the significant other, their aging uh-huh. parents, their siblings. And when the conversation uh-huh. comes around, and I actually had a woman tell me this, I don't have any goals. I just don't have uh-huh. any. Right. And I thought to myself, I said, well, what, you know, what what makes you happy? I asked her that. I said, you know, what do you like? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. Where where do you start when you've been a lifetime in that position? Where do you start to get to self-love? Well, first of all, let me just say to you, I think you asked her a really valuable question. You know, I think you said you asked her if she was happy. And that's a question that I, I often ask. You know, when I when I see somebody who supposed I don't care who it is, and you're so self satisfied, I you know my thought is always okay. Well, are you happy? And just asking that question, you know, makes people pause and re- reflect because sometimes people are just going through the motions of existing. But are you really happy? And then the other question I ask is okay, uh, you know, I I do workshops. And I also do this, of course, with my individual clients. You know, um, do you love yourself? 
And it's just, uh, that's just a question to throw out there to anybody and everybody. And it's very interesting, the answer that you will receive. And if you do get a yes answer, then my next question is, okay, let I, I invite people to just stop and pause, close your eyes for a minute, and think of someone that you really love, not yourself, but somebody else. And then I give give you a minute, give you a minute to just think about that and feel it. That person doesn't have to be there in the room with you, but you if you love somebody else, whether it's a child, whether it's a you know someone you're in a relationship with, even if it's a pet, you feel that love. That love is real. And then I say, okay, you got that, and they say, oh yes, I feel that. Then the next question I say. Okay, keep your eyes closed, and I want you to just think about yourself and, uh, and, and send that same love to yourself. Now, I'm telling you, that, that's the kicker right there. It is amazing that when, the, when many people, if not most, when they try to see themselves and conceive of that same kind of love to themselves, it's not there. And so that's a wake-up call to people to realize, wait a minute, I don't have that love for myself that I have for any, everybody else or any, anybody else. So, so that's one thing. You're just having people realize that uh, where they are with that. And it stops and it makes people have to think about it. And like you said earlier, it's not about, you know, buying yourself something nice or you know, you often get, oh, well, I, I, I treat myself to a shopping trip. No, but do you love yourself? Yeah. Love yourself enough to appreciate yourself, to be kind and gentle, to accept yourself, to accept the parts that you don't even like. Can you accept that part? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, when you said that and I actually closed my eyes and I thought to myself, you know, as a mom, I have a 19 year old and a 17 year old. And um, Mm -hmm. some people would say it is the most difficult time of parenting. And I haven't gone beyond that. But I will tell you, it has been challenging. (laughs) It is Mm -hmm. not like it's not like nine and seven. That was pretty easy. Um, But um, I look at them when I closed my eyes and you were saying that and I thought to myself, you know, at 19 and 17, when when young people make mistakes, there is a part, at least in this mother's heart, that is so forgiving and so, oh, you know, this this is the journey and and you'll learn and, 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 you know, but when I misstep or I like, on, come on get it together you know and mm-hmm, that's the thing. So mm-hmm. when you just said that well I want to be that way with Trayvon Trayvon's tired right now I tell my college student all the time you know what enough is enough you need to put that down give yourself a break have that same love and compassion for self and say you know enough is enough it's time to put that mm-hmm. down and give yourself a break mm-hmm. right so I love that I love that so why do people why do so many of us get stuck with good intentions, but find ourselves falling short? Well, the one answer that I will give is that I think that we don't think of ourselves as as, as, as whole, W-H-O-L-E. We don't think of ourselves as whole. You know, you know, we 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 experience ourselves as a physical physical body. That's number one. 
And, you know, it has just been more recently where we actually started to respect the fact that we are also emotional beings. You know, uh, we've always, I mean, literature has shown how we admire the mind and that's all good. But we, but that's still not the whole of who we are. We are also spirit. Mm. And so we limit ourselves because we do not um, give, uh, we don't give complete, if any, uh, credence to the spiritual piece of who we are. If we, if we are, if we claim to be spiritual, a lot of times it's disconnected from us. The, the, the flesh but mm-hmm. I, I try to teach I teach my clients listen you are more than just this body and if you can be more than just this body once you can do that then you have already now you're, you're as big as the universe so now you're, you don't have any limitations you're going to always have limitations if you're limited to if I'm just limited to Vernon in the body but when oh, I can know and access all of the spiritual energy that's around me, that's feeding me, my life force that's coming into me, that's my breathing, that's then I just look just I, I mean I just became more powerful than Superman. You know yes. I mean you know I'm, I can do anything, but I've got to claim that. And people don't claim it oftentimes because they have never given themselves permission to claim it. We have to give ourselves permission. Playing small. Yeah, playing small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so now how how do we as people tap into the tools for healing? We all have this toolbox for healing. We carry this around, but... And maybe people know it, maybe people don't know that, that, that all this comes from within. How do they, how do they tap into that? You well, carry that all, they, Well, you know, I mean, uh, thanks to people like yourself and, and myself, we're teaching them that they do have these tools. I mean, uh, some of them are very pragmatic. I mean, number one, look at what you can do with just breathing. Breathing oh. is a tool. You, yes. you know, stop for a moment. Close your eyes. You can do this sitting in a board meeting. You can do this anywhere on the bus, on the subway. Close your eyes and just and, and just focus on your breath and breathe. That will bring you to another dimension, just doing that. I mean, it's, it's not like a lot of the things that we need to do is complicated. You know, recognizing uh-huh. the power of the mind, but we've got to recognize it. You know, minding the mind, that's a section in the book, minding the mind the power of our thoughts. And I know that a lot of people deal with thoughts that they don't want because they have never had the opportunity. A lot of people don't realize that they can regulate their thoughts, and so it's out of control. So the power of our thoughts, these are are healing tools that we have within us to do, Uh, using our imagination. And just think about the word imagination, imaging. You know, image a nation. So you are, it's the act of seeing something. Well, you have the act of seeing something. You know, they say that children like to daydream. Well, you know, there's, you know, we can use our thoughts 
we can create a, a, a healing thought form deliberately. You know, we can, we can, in other words, this is, this is doing something with intention. You know, yes, we have daydreams or whatever, but if you do it intentionally, create the thought of the thing that you want. You know, there's a saying that if I, if I can see it, I can believe. If I, can, if I believe it, if I can see it, I can, I can achieve it. Yes. So, but you do, using these things uh, that are available to us deliberately, healing thought forms, creating an immaculate concept, you know, we think of the immaculate concept somehow it's just kind of associated with the with the with the Bible verse. But I don't know if we have time or not, but I'll tell you when I first heard about that concept, this was oh gosh, this was decades ago and, and I was I was raising my daughter and she had run away from home with a bunch of other little little kids and they had believe it or not, they had uh one one kid had gotten five of them a ticket and bought a had gotten the mother's credit card and had got them all tickets to go to Miami. Now, oh, I my goodness. In Miami. I know. <laughs> right. This is years ago. Okay. So they go to Miami. <laughs> we found out that they were in Miami. Now, I don't know anybody in Miami. And I remember what a woman had said to me. She said, listen, she said, you've got to see your daughter's face. You just, you just create this, this vision in your mind that she is safe. See her walking back through the door, happy and joyous and all that. And, I, you know, it was the hardest thing in the world I have ever done to pull myself away from the, the terror, the fear, the anxiety that I was going through and to, okay, okay, I'm going to use my mind to create this perfect vision of her being safe. And, and she was. Now, I got to stop you right there, Vernon, because that really touches me because, one, you know, as parents, we all, we have to do that. You know, we got these kids, they're driving and they're doing all of this, right? But to do it in the middle of trauma, in the middle of a, a situation, right, where your heart is just, you're torn to pieces, to be able yeah. to pull back and say, and, and this is so very important. I want our listening audience to really get this, and I hope that the people that I was talking to this afternoon are able to tune in and are listening now. This is what we're speaking about. You see, in this moment, someone said to me, Drayvon, I don't know what to do. I said, that's untrue. You know exactly what to do. The truth is that you feel too weary and too powerless to do it. So... So we're, I'm running beside you. I'm standing beside you, but you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to use that powerful imagination mm-hmm. to, see, to see the end of this situation in the way that you want it to end. You don't need to, The process is not yours to control. The process is the process. It will do what it does to get where it needs to be. The universe is listening. And so this is the work. I love that you said that. Now you said you you, you titled that. You said immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. I like I like that because that's just what that is, right? That's that's you know being in the Garden of Gethsemane and saying, "This is what I choose to see. I know where I'm standing at. I hear what they're saying. I saw the report. I see the bill. I know she's gone." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
this is what this is what I see. Oh my goodness, we could we could do a whole show on that. So, <laughs> but I hope yes, that we could. those yes, we those could. who are here to hear that in, in in your hour of need that you can hear that immaculate conception. There is a whole lesson there. You know, they say uh, the Bible has so much allegory in there, and and I, yes. I love that you use that term. That that'll, that'll stick with me. So describe the power. Now this is something that I just thought I've not heard of. Maybe I've heard of it. I told you when you told me about it. It just really stuck in my head. You do a process called sand tray therapy. <laughs> Describe for us, if you will, and, we, and we, we got about six minutes left, and I want to spend the rest of our show on this sand tray therapy, how it works, how people can get in touch with you, how, they, how you can assist them with whatever they're going through so they can come out, like I say in my book, on the other side of that thing, uh, like brand new money. So, okay. Sand tray therapy. Sand tray therapy in a nutshell. Uh, let me just say this that uh, I'm going to describe it, but uh, sand tray therapy is a form of uh, therapy that helps clients express things that are difficult for them to find words for. Sometimes they may not even you know, know what it is they're trying to uh, express, but you know, they just know that there's something troubling them. And sometimes, you know, and they need a way to express it, but they don't have the vocabulary, the emotional vocabulary, or maybe it's just too heavy or too, you know, whatever to really, really to see it clearly. And so let me just describe the physical aspects of it. It is just what it says. It's a tray, usually made out of wood, but I mean, if you know, you might go to a therapist who has one out of plastic and it's filled with sand. And this sand represents the inner consciousness of the person. Now, I don't necessarily tell the client that, but, I mean, that's what it is. It's like you you need something. If a person is going through a lot of trauma, they need to be able to pull that out to be able to see it in a non-threatening way. And and they may not know what it's going to look like themselves. And so you have this tray of sand. And then I think that you saw when you were over uh, with me, uh, there are all kinds of little miniature objects. They could be rocks. They could be people. They could be animals. It could be just everything imaginable. And a lot of them may be, you know, anywhere from two inches to three inches tall, maybe some a little bit bigger, some even smaller. Uh, you know, that that are just an array of things. And it's based on the premise that all of us, all of us as people are, are interconnected in consciousness. We are all interconnected. And so you have all of these different things. So somebody comes in and they, you know, has, they may have something troubling them or just something that they can't talk about or whatever it is. And I'll say, well, just go pick up something. I, I don't even direct them. I said, go, just go, go look around the room and pick out something that, uh, that speaks to you. And I'm going to uh, digress just a second from that and just say when I was introduced to sand tray, when I, this was years ago when I was introduced to it, I went to this, uh, to this training within a woman's house, and her whole house was just filled with all these little miniatures. And that must have been about maybe, say, 15 clinicians there. And so what she said was, I want to, was each person to get a partner. 
and then it won't each person get a partner. And then I want you to look around the room and I want you to pick something out that speaks to you, that reminds you of that person. So they paired everybody up except for me. I, I was the odd person out. I didn't have a partner. So I thought, mm, I, I don't know who I'll be able to work with. And at the very last minute, a woman came in. So they said, oh, well, you know, Vernon, that's going to be your partner. So I'm saying all that to say I didn't know this person from Adam. And I okay. will describe her. She, do we have time? Oh, we got about two minutes left. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she, she was blonde hair, blue eyes. I went and I picked out an Indian. Don't ask me why. They said, don't think about it. Just pick out something. I picked out an Indian and a Bible. And I brought it back. And I said, well, this is what I picked out for you. And she started to weep. And she said, wow. She said, people don't know that I'm a full-blooded American Indian. Now, she was blonde hair, blue eyes. She would never have thought that. I didn't know this woman from Adam. And, and wow. she said, in the Bible, is because uh, I crossed my father, who's a pastor, and he disowned me. He held up that Bible. He said, I never want to see you again. So it was a very traumatic time. And that sold me on San Fe. I only give you that story to demonstrate it's just so powerful. It's, it's just something about transcending the human mind and the interconnectedness of consciousness that we have. And it will allow people to bring to the forefront things that they would never even want to talk about and in a very non-threatening way. And that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I can really go on and on and on about it. Oh, and, and you know, I hear the, I hear the ex, exit music coming. We're ending the show. And I want to encourage you, listeners, either for yourself or someone that you care about. Sand therapy. Vernon Bird Coulon, C-O-U-L-O-N. You can Google her. You can go. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. <laughs>